0: Welcome to a special bonus episode of Teas in the Pods. Uh, this episode is in support of a wonderful, very worthy cause that I saw advertised on Facebook a month or so back. And the cause is Mental Health Friendly.
1: And they are a, an organization who are about making, bringing English and English workshops to people with mel- mental health um, and mental health issues and about helping them to grow socially mm-hmm. and, uh, in, and well, to help them with their you know, engagement and spending their time meaningfully. Mm-hmm. And we spoke uh, to a couple of members of the organization, Andy and Shay, yep. who uh, were very inspirational. I think both Tim and I are quite inspired by the conversation mm-hmm. and they are setting up a, they have set up a crowdfunding page to open up more workshops and groups in other parts of Catalonia, namely Sabadell, for the moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a really worthy cause.
0: So, check out the interview. Um, we hope you enjoy it and we hope you lend your support to the uh, crowdfunding efforts. And if any teachers are out there who are interested in volunteering, um, working, giving classes to people with mental health issues, then the contact details the... are in the episode description. You can get in touch with Andy or Shay. Um. Yeah, and volunteer.
1: Enjoy. Welcome to the podcast. To the podcast. Two T's in a pod. Welcome to the podcast. To the podcast. Two T's in a pod.
0: Hello. So we're talking to Shay Coin and Andy Dodd. Hi guys. How are you doing? Hi. There. Hey, thanks. You come from um, Mental Health Friendly. Uh, first of all, can you tell us a little bit about yourselves?
2: Yeah, I'm, I'm Andy. Uh, I've been living and working in Barcelona now for 18 years. Uh, I'm a freelance English teacher. Uh, my speciality is health and social care. Um, I work freelance in the pharmaceutical industry, uh, connected to hospitals. That's how I've developed my speciality.
3: OK, I'm Shay. I've got a background in psychology. I've got a Master's in Applied Linguistics, and I've been involved with mental health for quite a while. I've got family members who have been sick. Um, I had postpartum depression as well, so it's something that I've gone through firsthand. Um, but my, my speciality is actually teaching children, so that's a little bit about me. Okay. Oh.
1: And can you tell us a little bit about Mental Health Friendly? Yes,
2: Mental Health Friendly was an initiative that uh, I began uh, over five years ago with with a colleague, a former mental health nurse. Um, Because I do some work in the pharmaceutical industry, a lot of editing of materials, preparing presentations, I was preparing some material around the issue of schizophrenia. And while I was preparing, while I was working on that text, I suddenly realized as an English teacher that uh, we're part of the problem, not the solution. Uh, That deep within our profession, we have exclusive practices and we're not open. And one of the most important things for people is recovery, not just management of symptoms, but the possibility of recovering an active social life and playing a part in society. And that's not what my experience was in most of English training, or my English training of the previous 15 years. So, with my contact, a former mental health nurse, we started a, a long process of making contact with institutions uh, in order to find out their views. Uh, but also we made contact with Hospital São Paulo and we started a workshop in a mental health day centre, uh, tried to develop particular methodologies and materials which were appropriate to that group. But also we did a whole number of other initiatives with institutions like um, the British Council, Oxford House, the Square of Fitial. we've had a lot of contact with those people. Unfortunately Fiona was no longer able to dedicate so much time because she had other things, but I've continued it and I've also got a very close relationship with La Federación de Salud Mental de Catalunya, which is a key organisation here in Catalunya, which organises the network of entities providing a variety of services not only for users of mental health services but their their family and caregivers Uh, also uh, providing support to individuals and professionals in how to deal with mental health issues. Now the workshop was an enormous success, many the initiatives we did were a a great success but key, but key to me was the sheer pleasure of the workshop, of all the things I've done and continue to do. I remember how important that workshop was to me and how important it was to the people. Uh, one of the problems with mental health is that you have a lot of time. I know for teachers, <laughs> uh, busy teachers, they haven't got much time. But for a lot of people with mental health problems who are discriminated against in the job market, haven't got much things to do, are 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 having problems coping with medication, Uh, there's a lot of time spent doing nothing, nothing constructive. And as all the studies have shown, engagement in meaningful social activity is a key part of recovery. I could see how that gave people confidence and it was an enjoyable part of their life, but not only an enjoyable part of their life, but an enjoyable part of my life. And we developed materials which we shared through the La Federación de Salud Mental with the social clubs they run and we hope to develop that more. and now I must say that uh, in the midst of all that, uh, along came Shay, uh, who, who was inspired by a friend of hers, Miles Clinout, who went who did uh, a cycling tour to raise money for Mental Health Friendly. Uh, Shay got in touch. She was, she's been working at one of the social clubs in uh, Grathia. She's an extraordinarily good teacher, uh, extremely popular with the students there and the the monitors who work at the Social Club, and I'm here really to give maximum support to what she's trying to do. Uh, Not only in trying to extend and give more services to people, but uh, what's exciting about is she's bringing a lot of new ideas to the project, uh, a lot of new energy, so that's why we're here today.
3: Thank you very much. You actually haven't seen me teach.
2: (laughs) (laughs) But I've heard the feedback from the students and the monitors, and that's enough for me.
3: (laughs) Uh, i definitely say the same thing as as Andy. Um, For me, my class that I have on a Thursday morning is by far the one that I love the most. I look forward to it the most. And, yeah, it's the one that I don't get paid for. And I, I enjoy the fact that it's volunteer. And you can see the students, like, if you're there, you're consistent and it gives them a sense of confidence that perhaps they wouldn't have had before. And yeah, I th- when I was talking with Gemma, who's the contact for Mental Health, Salute Mental, Catalonia, um, she was talking about not having enough funds, that they couldn't expand, they couldn't dedicate a lot of money into the, the project. And I thought, well, I'm gonna try do a crowdfunding idea. I'd heard that Jamie Keddy had done that for his book Um, And I thought, why not give it a go? I've been running it from, I think, from April or maybe March, and I'm closing it down in in June. I've collected over 400 euros so far, so I'm quite pleased. And that's going to go back into the Federación. Um, Any materials, like you were saying, that there's an online component that's worked with a cooperative, they may want some financial assistance the idea is the money goes back into into the project so I'm expanding it to Saturday mm-hmm. and I start on the 28th of June so I'll need materials and I'll have to make all of that so the idea is that the money goes back into the project and mm-hmm. and you're entirely is a tiny and
1: volunteer basis for you
3: yes I, I wanted it that way um mm-hmm. I I'm freelance as well I've got a quite busy schedule so i think i can fit in a couple of hours of volunteer work mm-hmm. and it's something that i'm passionate about and i truly believe in for the same reasons that andy said in terms of like inclusive practices and social engagement with the with the community
0: mm-hmm. fantastic
3: what's the name of
1: your um crowdfunding page uh
3: shay elt no educational consultant Shea educational consultant well, we'll put a link
1: in the description. It definitely sounds like a project that people should definitely... Get behind. Get behind, yes. Yeah. Yeah, the way you guys have talked about it, it's very inspirational.
3: Before June... June? <laughs> wait, June 18th. June 18th, yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah. Make your donation soon. Exactly. Um, so the Sabadell Group's up and running. Well, it's gonna start in June.
3: It's gonna start in so June. Okay, brilliant. I had a meeting last week with the social worker who, who runs their facility. And, yeah, they already have an English program going, but they're going to see how we do it um, during the summer. So it's like a little mini project.
0: Fantastic. So um, you talked a little bit about uh, your experiences of teaching English to uh, students with mental health issues. What are some of the challenges that you've encountered in that environment?
2: If I can start before passing over to Shay, it's really important to understand that we have a. A heterogeneous community. Uh, uh, people with a different relationship to English may have studied English before, may have not studied English. Uh, people with more capacity with memory, people more academically gifted. So it's it's important to, to say, for, for example, I should say, for th- three months last year, toward up till Christmas, I was helping prepare a, a group of people for a the British Council Aptis, which is the equivalent of the first certificate, uh, with AREP, which is another organisation. It's, it's a complex network of mental health organisations. And the idea there was that we would help people have a certificate in English which would help them with access to work because employers are asking for certificated levels of English. Uh, and I, The actis is rather remarkable because it goes from A1 to C1 and one of the joys of it was that we had two who were advanced. Uh, but with my work in P. Melis that, that was very different, people who had uh, had been mentally ill for an incredibly long time, had been on and off various types of medication with their side effects, memory is a problem, Uh, you know, sometimes just concentrating. Is a problem and with that group it's obviously very different than the group I was working with in a rep and the possibilities of what you can do and Shay has been working in a very similar circumstance in a social club in Grazia. I I don't know how the situation would be in Saladel but I suppose it's very similar so in terms of what are the particular needs of people uh, with mental health problems there are some things in common, but we have to start from lots of people have different capacities. So, for example, I, I should say today is a good time to do the podcast because it's mad pride today uh, here in Barcelona. Throughout Spain, it's, it's orgullo lo cura. Uh, pride cures it. <laughs> and it because we have to see the community is quite capable of organizing itself. Uh, for example the day would be kicked off with Radio Nicosia which is their own radio show, an amazing show about art and literature and issues about politics, there are theatre groups, uh, the best theatre performance I've seen in the last two years is by a, a, group, a group of friends of mine, they have mutual support groups uh, so people have different levels of you know, a functionality about what they can bring. But really important before Shay starts about what these people need as a group. Uh, As a teacher, I've improved immeasurably uh, by teaching in the area of mental health. Psychology is an interest of mine, as is sociology. And I definitely... uh, I have always encouraged a cognitive approach trying to base your teaching on cognitive things but uh, definitely there in the workshop you can see learning. Most of the times you can't see learning but with this particular group of people you can see learning because it's so difficult you see really how learning occurs. But not only that, in the the insights which uh, you're privileged enough to to share because they share them with you, uh, there are particular strengths of those groups. So it's not about, it's what we can learn as a profession, how the classroom can become a far better place. You know, uh, they are it's a different group and they have certain skills and ways of, co- of connecting with each other that if we could learn from that and transfer it into other classrooms so we're not just talking about social inclusion which is a very important issue i mean unemployment for people with schizophrenia is 97% that gives you an idea of uh, exclusion from society and i think with schizophrenia Mental health is a broad topic, one in four people are likely to suffer from it, uh, but in particular areas like schizophrenia, for example, life expectancy is 20 years less than wow. the average person. So that's pretty strong. Uh, so including people is a really important thing, but also allowing the possibility to not just social inclusion, but social Transformation. So, Sheikh can now talk about some of the specific things that you, to help in, you know, develop and help people in their process of recovery. But we should never forget uh, how it's not a homogeneous community and it's also not just about social inclusion but social transformation, opening ourselves up to the possibilities and the, the, the teachings of this magnificent community.
3: Basically, to summarize what you were saying, I think it's being a human being and treating these people as human beings, not their illness. Um, I have a class that started out with maybe 10 or 12 students. It's now gotten bigger and bigger. Uh, We had to actually move places because no one could fit around our tiny little table. And the majority have schizophrenia. And you can see that on some days they're affected by their medication or they've not slept well. And I know that as a like, newly qualified CELTA teacher, the idea of like, students not being happy in class is something very difficult to, to okay. take in and, and you start freaking out. Whereas working with these people, you understand like, it's okay for them not to be okay in the class. They will say if they need a break um, and they only do that if you're open with them and you provide them with an open, like you said, non-judgmental, inclusive classroom mm-hmm. and an atmosphere like that um, the challenge would be ne- not necessarily for me because I'm quite patient in my professional life mm-hmm. um, Yeah, the teacher needs, needs to have a lot of patience and they have to know I think a little bit about psychology to know what's affecting their ability to learn and to maximise the learning experience through repetition through memory work, through cognitive work um, and that doesn't come on a CELTA course. And I think maybe it could be something we could look into if we're looking for volunteers, maybe do like a mini workshop. Yeah, uh,
2: if I could just come in, uh, David Crabtree for the British Council did some magnificent work uh, on memory, uh, you know, and that cognitive basis, which which such important basic things for teachers, but it's not part of your CELTA course, but it should be part of your CELTA course. How do people remember things Hmm. Uh, people have different rates of memory uh, and that would be key part of training and it becomes quite obvious when people have problems when people don't sleep well when people have problems with the medication just how important it is to concentrate on issues such as memory yeah Yeah. and also the person
3: because i've had a couple of students they They've been missing for about three, three months because they've be either been in hospital, they've not felt well. And when they come back, the first thing I do is give them a big hug and say, I'm glad you're back. And I think this personal touch is something that they really appreciate. Last week I was quite sick and I arrived there, but I shouldn't have gone to work. And all of them came in to see me in the office to ask if I was okay. And I thought that was a really nice thing. It meant that we'd actually bonded as a group. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think another challenge is yes definitely you see learning happening but it's through a lot of repetition and courses like Celto, DELTA all the traditional teacher training courses they want learning to happen at like immediately and that's not gonna happen you have to think long term what do you want them to do by the end of the year and then build in lots and lots of repetition so that they can by the end of the year see okay this is what I can do. Mm-hmm. They also have to feel confident. Um, I had a new student come in and he freaked out because everyone else was able to answer questions such as, what's your name, how old are you? And he just couldn't do it. He blocked he's like, no, I, I wanna go home. But the social worker with I, who, with, who I was with, um, talked to him and said, look, just stay for the rest of the class. And yeah, he was okay. The second time I told him in, in Spanish, I was like, these guys have been practicing since September, today's your first day watch out Mm -hmm. next week you'll be much better Mm -hmm. and now he's like one of the most motivated students in the class he bought in a Catalan English dictionary so everyone can use it and yeah so I think the biggest challenge there is patience not expecting too much too quickly and being open to them having this mental illness in the class and not being afraid or put off by it
2: Mm -hmm. yes uh Some students from my first workshop were able to progress from the workshop into other things. One student in particular was given a scholarship to study at uh, Oxford House and they had an amazing time there and so did the students. Uh, So there was a progress from the workshop to teaching, uh, to studying um, in Oxford House which was a lovely Mm -hmm. experience for them and for everybody. Uh, Similarly students have gone to study at the Escola de Adultos. However, some students just repeat the same course. Uh, Mm -hmm. Is this a problem? I I think Shay is absolutely right here. We have to get away from certain productivist thinking, you know, that it's all about uh, achieving the maximum level of English. It's all about finding a job. No, it's all about growing socially and and spending your time in in a meaningful way. Uh, There's a a little distraction here. There's a, a marvelous, film, uh, Italian for Beginners, I recommend it for all English teachers, not because it's a good model of how a language should be taught, it's a terrible model of how a language should be taught. But what it does show is that how this space is an important space for for people to come together and launch lots of exciting projects as human beings. (laughs) The language is quite. Secondary, you know, there are some people who can run with the language and develop it. There are some people who are not, as Shea said, who are not going to move very far with the language. Well,
3: you had an example, no, of a person who, from the project, actually ran it as the teacher.
2: Yes, Uh, yeah, that was nice. So we did some co-teaching. That was a a really positive experience. It was an amazing experience, not just a positive experience, but uh, I just, my role in the class was just to sit there and just think how marvelous she was and how much better she was than me as a teacher, (laughs) because she had so much more insights into people's needs. And I just thought, oh, but she's so much better than me, you know, because for, for what it was of... Going over the material very slowly because I tend to be very demanding as a teacher. I want to go far. I'm, a, I'm an ambitious person with the content, <laughs> uh, but here, you know, the connection was was just terrific, uh, and. If we're to provide a bridge, and this is really important because for some people it's just the start of their English learning or it's the return to their English learning, for some people it will just be a constant recurring space and a great place to be. Uh, But other people, they will want to go to a Scholar d'Adults or a Scholar of Fithyad or International House or the British Council or whatever and we have to find a way to say, well, Actually, you can incorporate students without any problem, but you still need to apply the same standards. Uh, Mm -hmm. What really is the syllabus? You know, what is your syllabus? Uh, What are you aiming to teach? You can teach a lot of things, but will people really remember them and incorporate them and consolidate them? Uh, you might be thinking you're moving very quickly, but you're not. And most cognitive research would suggest that we have to work in a different way and encourage deep learning. So many of the things Shay is, is doing uh, with people who are struggling with memory and concentration could be directly applicable to the, in inverted commas, Normal classroom situation mm-hmm. uh, because we can help people memorize and consolidate in a much more effective way. We can make learning a lot more of a pleasant experience and uh, we can make learning deeper uh, with these insights. But you, you know, we don't want to create a situation where the classroom thinks it's achieving something and it isn't achieving something and it excludes people unnecessarily because those people could function quite well. For, for example when I was doing the work with a rep uh, the reason why we were working separately for an exam was the stress was too great. These people were capable of getting an exam but it, uh you have to choose the right exam and you have to make sure it's not uh, too stressful and the British Council were magnificent we were able to do the exam on site where we did the teaching it was an online thing I was in the classroom while it was taking place Uh, we reduced the stress and we got some amazing results it was still valid I didn't help anybody with it we just managed to reduce the stress Uh, the learning is still there they show their capacity And that's what happens in the classroom. We can reduce unnecessary stress. We can maximize learning opportunities, not just for people with mental health problems, but for a whole number of people.
3: I think it's a shift away from focusing on, like, I don't know, goals set by Cambridge or things like that, and just focus on the student, like their learning. It's like, okay, this is what you can do. Not necessarily look at all of this that you still have to do in the future.
0: Wow. I understand that you're also on the lookout for volunteer teachers. Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for for mentioning
2: it. Yes, we need a hundred shades. I mean, it's (laughs) it's as simple as that. We need a hundred shades all around Spain, all around Europe. We need to... uh, because there are needs. There are needs in the social clubs. We, we we have materials already prepared for people to come and go. So they're not creating materials from scratch. Uh, they will get support. I will certainly give them support. La Federation de Salute Mental will give them support. And I'm sure Shay will yeah, give them support. Uh, and they what they learn and what they, they bring back from that just grows the project. Uh, so so, if anybody is interested in working in the, the social clubs or helping towards certification of people with a higher level of English and more capacity to, uh, to progress with their English, please do get in touch and... Uh,
1: how, can they, how can they get in touch with you? Uh,
2: well, I will leave my details and my contact details and you can get in touch with me. Okay. Directly.
3: And I'll do the same. Perfect. Link in the description.
0: We'll put it all in the description Brilliant. thank you well thanks a lot that was a really really interesting uh, fascinating talk about
1: fascinating
2: yeah
3: Is there anything else you want to promote did mm. you want to talk about the type of resources the mallet Ah,
0: uh, yeah the
2: well to show the malatim for that in, in the social club but uh other resources online yes um, okay yeah we can be online yeah that's uh also uh, we have started a process but very slow because it's very difficult with the, with the lack of resources because time is a very important resource but uh, it would be good at some point to connect all resources and make them available. For example, uh, we have a very good lesson plan. Uh, which raises the issue of mental health in a surprising and fun way Is that uh, which yeah lesson plan we work with Macmillan it would be good to share that uh, and we are hoping we are hoping in the future to launch something online uh, we will we will have we will have later this year uh, some online materials, but we want to expand that and we want people to participate and share with exciting uh, lesson ideas about how to raise the issues of mental health in a positive and informative way.
3: Yeah, I think volunteering doesn't have to take up too much of your time. You could just do one class. I mean, the the planning behind it, it's already planned, it's already there. It's just a, a case of tweaking it to your teaching style. Mm-hmm. It's got I don't think it would eat up too much of your, your very f- little free time. <laughs> but yeah, okay. it's definitely rewarding. Yeah, uh, it's and,
2: and, and I would say it will improve you as a teacher. I can mm-hmm. guarantee that. Okay. Yeah,
3: I see that too.
1: Okay. And as a
2: person, it sounds
1: like. Yes.
2: <laughs> okay.
0: Well, thank you very much for coming on the show. Uh, thank you very thank much you. For, the thank you for having us.
1: So that was Tim and I talking to Shea and Andy. Mm-hmm. Really inspiring. Uh, really inspiring. Yeah, as we said at the top of the program, and also um, as Andy mentioned, we were recording this on the day of Mad Pride, which is the movement of you know being proud about your people that you know um, an element of pride to users of mental health services and their mm-hmm. carers and everything. I think it's really important to be more aware that it's a, an issue that affects all of us. Mm-hmm. Um, and we just like to remind you of.
0: If you want to get involved with uh, Mental Health Friendly uh, making by making a contribution to the uh, crowdfunding page or by volunteering your services to give classes, all of the information and contact details uh, will be on the Facebook page and on Twitter and all anywhere we can medias. share them, all of our social media. So, you know, lend a hand. You've got about a month to yeah. donate to the crowdfunding page because I think the 19th, 20th of June it's slammed shut, and we've got to push them up to their target. So.
1: And if you're listening beyond that date, then get in touch and see what, what you can do to help out. They're always in need of more volunteer services.
0: Mm-hmm. Perfect. Well, bye-de-bye. bye-bye. See you soon.
1: Thank you very much for listening to today's show. We hope you enjoyed it. Please leave a comment on all of the social medias available. We'd like to thank our sound producer, Ben Ward. And Mark Wilding for doing the artwork and our branding, which looks great. We'd also like to thank Lisa Marie Court, Berenice Ray, Vicky Malena, and myself, <laughs> thanking myself for the jingles, and Tim Worry as being my co-presenter, and me, Katie Wright, the other co-presenter. Thank you to all of the guests that appeared on our show today, and we hope that you tune in next time for another episode of Two Teas in a Welcome to. Welcome to the podcast, two T's in a pod. Welcome to the podcast, welcome to the podcast, two T's in a pod.